Hi, I'm Lucy Adams from Disruptive HR. Welcome to one of our podcast series where you'll hear from HR practitioners who are genuinely doing things differently. If you're looking to change your HR practices, then why not check out the Disruptive HR Club? It's got tons of videos, webinars and downloadable guides that will give you all the ideas and practical help you'll need. Check it out at www.disruptivehr.club. So hello and welcome to another podcast from Disruptive HR. And today's just a little bit different because I'm actually going to be having a conversation with a person who we've just kind of gone into partnership with. So Disruptive HR has just re relatively recently set up a partnership and we're going to be launching a, a new product, which I shall tell you about in a minute. But I want to introduce you to Ben Wiseman, who's my interviewee today. And so hi, Ben. Hi. Thanks, How ben. are you? I'm great. How are you doing? I'm good. I'm good. So obviously, just before we came on air, you just put your cat outside the room. So yeah. we're just kind of wondering how long that's going to last before we hear lots of yowling yeah. and scratching and things. Or before I see her scaling the window. <laughs> yeah, exactly. My cats would not tolerate that. Um, so you are co-founder, CEO of ZigZag, and you describe ZigZag as a recruitment innovation company. Yes. So yeah. how did you get into that? What, tell me kind of what, what that, we'll come on to what that means in a minute, but how did you get into recruitment innovation? Well, um, I mean, it's not where, it's not where I expected actually to, 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 to be spending my time, but yeah, I, ca I came to it because for, for the, last, the, the last 10 years of my career, I've been focused on, on innovating in customer experience. I, I started out my career at, at Cadbury, actually working in chocolate factories and moved into, uh, moved into marketing and innovation roles and, and then, then ended up working um, at a wonderful uh, uh, customer insight and experience consultancy. And we did some really fantastic work with uh, initially here in London, some some leading brands, and then I went to lead uh, lead a new office out in San Francisco. And I, I was working with some some just some of the most amazing tech technology brands out there on developing their their relationship with their customers. And one of the big things that we were working on was um, how do you develop a relationship with customers that feels like two adults? It's an adult to adult relationship where. You treat each other with the respect that each other should bring to that to that engagement. And then I returned from San Francisco and um, was actually uh, in the process of setting up my own uh, my, my own consultancy. And and as I was doing that, um, met a number of people exploring, including uh, my business partner Joel, who works in the recruitment space, and a number of people exploring roles, and was utterly struck by how little respect seems to seems to exist <laughs> yeah. within that experience for a lot of people um, and and there are um, very obvious exceptions but the the exception to that experience tends to be um quite um like very quite manual and quite uh high in, high intensity and I, I wondered why is it that tech, that technology is being applied to increase efficiency in recruitment, but not to make it feel more human and not to increase 
the respect and trust that might exist between talent and recruiting company. And that then opened a whole can of worms. And, and, and that's how I found myself starting to, to, to explore this area and, and, and eventually co-founding uh, ZigZag to, to work on an element of that, uh, of that problem. And, and I remember when we first met, one of the things that really struck me was when you gave the Airbnb example of that mutually respectful relationship. So, yeah, mm. you have the host who has a product to sell. In this case, it's usually their home or, or it's a home that they that they rent out for, to people. And and then you've also got the person who is the person who's going on holiday or the person who is is just renting it from them for a period of time. But it is a, it, it's not that one one party is somehow dominant or you have one party as supplicant and um, inferior to it's a mutual respectful mm. and you know they rate each other don't they I mean, yeah. you get a rating and on what you're like as, mm-hmm. as somebody who's used their property and um and that I think that really sparked our interest at disruptive HR as something that that felt very much along the lines that that we talk about this adult to adult human um consumer grade yeah type relationship with our with our each model yeah. and um so the idea of being able to try and do something there um before we talk about talk a bit about the kind of our partnership because i know you don't just work in the hr space i mean this is you know a broader um recruitment innovation when you talk about kind of lack of respect um, I think the manual processes everybody listening to this will probably get and understand. Mm-hmm. But what kind of things are you talking about? So I think it um, that there are a number of elements that feel like they've they've lost a little humanity a, a, along the way. I, I mean, I, and I, I think it's some of the some of the outcomes of this are from the from the talents experience. They're they're having to they feel like they have to apply to loads of different roles um, because, because they have to play this numbers game and it's a yes. little cyclical. They have to play the numbers game because companies are playing the numbers game and they're playing the numbers game because it's very high pressure um, because we need to be recruiting a speed often. So we need, and so that the idea generally is let's get lots of applicants and then short and then funnel down through screening and shortlist. Yeah. And eventually we'll get half a dozen people that we want to, to you know, to take forward. But that you know that means that that's that's a numbers game. So that's one element that that drives. So so talent they're having to um, uh, to apply to lots of uh, to lots of jobs. And then and and then another dehumanizing aspect is that um, I, I think probably reinforced by some of the the the, the kind of larger volume players in the in the recruitment market it's getting easier to apply so that so there's perhaps less thought that goes into into some of the processes that exist on both sides both the applicant both the application and the posting of uh, of the job and then i think the other thing that comes up actually when when we um initially were doing uh when we were initially doing a, a whole load of qual research looking at this thing the number one thing that came up was the 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 lack of um, the lack of feedback and the lack of context that the candidates felt that they that they had ghosting is yeah. I mean, ghosting <laughs> is the one like the one biggest thing that if I could tell everyone you know is there one thing that you should stop it's this it's the ghosting but the, even beyond that there's 
the, the, the quality of conversation that the candidates expect now, given the amount of time that they might have to put into a, into a good application, it's not met often with the kind with, with the same yeah. in level of interrogation on the other side as well. Yeah. And no. it's not sorry, Lucy, go on. No, I was just gonna say, and 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 you know, we we as you know, we did some research with around 200 people recently of just asking them about HR recruitment and yeah. so recruiting into HR, which is obviously where where we're particularly interested. And and sadly. Um, you'd have thought that HR re- recruiters would we'd be kind of doing it better. Um, but actually, you know, 60, 70 percent kind of negative experience. Um, and this ghosting piece is is the number one kind of, you know, it's described as poor communication or lack of feedback. But but in essence, this kind of sense that you're just pushing stuff out in there into this void and you've got no idea if it's landed, whether people have even seen it. Yeah. Um, you might get an acknowledgement, but you might then then never hear anything again. And as you say, yeah. it's so time consuming. And I, th- um, I think that that's cultural in many organisations as well, because that I, you know, I, I really, I really feel for for talent acquisition teams because it's feast or famine for 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 people in those in those teams when things are when things are quiet. It 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 feels very risky um, to to be yeah. in PA, and when things are busy. Everyone wants everything yesterday, yeah. and yeah. and th- so there th- there isn't really the time to 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 be the the matchmaker that many many of them want to be. And I, I really I, I don't I, I you know from all the TA folk that I've spent time working with, th- there's no desire for it to be a disengaged you know dehumanizing experience whatsoever. And it just becomes that way because of the context within which people are working, which for me feels like a right opportunity for us to, yeah. you know, n- nudge and help th- help the experience to be better for both parties. Yeah, I mean, we we obviously were introduced by Joel uh, Joel Barnett, who is uh, a mutual friend and your your business partner in this venture, and and he kind of said, look, I think this could be a useful marriage. Of zigzag and disruptive HR, and mm. and uh, and and we were we were um, you know kind of very taken from the outset. Really, I think this idea that that we have a network of people that are interested in doing HR differently, yeah. and so therefore, ideally, if you're if you're in the market for HR people that want to do things differently, then then you have a ready made pool of of you know either active or passive candidates mm. um that you can access through disruptive hr but from our side what we love is the idea that we can not just help our network find those great roles but we can do it in a way that is a hopefully a positive experience mm-hmm. through using the zigzag tools so it felt like a natural marriage didn't it i yeah. mean you know it'd be good to hear it from from your side kind of when but when joel said oh you know there's this company called disruptive hr that we know what did you think yeah but i mean i i mean obviously there's um, one of one of the things i think that immediately for, for me made it interesting was um that um, I mean, I see you guys might not like this very much, but maybe, well, maybe you do. I see you as the rebels, really. Yeah. <laughs> no, we're really happy with that. Is that we okay? Love that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, we're happy <laughs> with that. Yeah, I definitely see you as the rebels in HR, which I think for me is important because that, so there's been 
at, there's not enough research, but some really good research, I'd say, that's been going into that, like what the drivers of um, uh, the drivers of success in role are. And you know, it's really difficult through traditional means to, to yeah. work out who's going to be successful in roles. Enroll, but one of the one of one of the three criteria that are that that, that stands out. One is uh, one is skills. The other the other is knowledge, and the third one is desire or motivation to do to do. Yeah. Interestingly, none of them are the job you've done in the past. That's kind of a proxy for you know for for those other things. But what I loved about this kind of this concept of plus partnering together was that de- desire and motivation is highly attitudinal. If you if you start to deconstruct that, and and if and and it occurred to me that if we could create a space where there are organisations who are after the kinds of talent who would be disruptive in their organisation or could help them disrupt, who could help. HR disrupt the rest of the organization. And then we could have a pool, we could have that pool of talent ready for them. That's already one of the three boxes checked, really, which which creates a much safer space then for you to be as an employer to be able to spend the time really giving time to that person's skills and knowledge. Um rather than you know uh, with with a bit of comfort really around or re- reassurance around the attitudinal piece which is yeah. which is actually one of the harder parts to to, to measure really and one of the things that we're hoping is that is that the the new disruptive hr careers uh, product and offering will try and redress some of the issues that people have where hr recruitment can be incredibly narrow in in terms of you must have worked in this sector or you must have got 10 years employee relations experience or you must have this qualification and that was something that in the feedback when we were doing our research was was coming through loud and clear is that people are getting quite frustrated by that because they could have um, a range of sexual experience that would be hugely valuable. I personally have moved across sectors. I've worked in professional mm-hmm. services. I've worked in media. I've worked in government outsourced organisations. Um, so the, the the ability for 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 HR to move across sectors, of course, is um, is, is is something that's not just feasible. It's in some cases desirable because you're getting mm. new ideas. Um, do you have to have that? accreditation and qualification do you have to have that five ten years uh, experience in that particular area or could you be bringing something new and and we're hoping that that one of the things that we can do and we can bring in this partnership is those kind of prompts that when people are posting a board posting a job on a board that they that they're encouraged to think perhaps a little bit differently and a bit more in yeah. a bit more of an open way I I really hope so, and and you know, and also one of the other things that we're you know we're doing together on the site is creating space for HR teams to open up a little bit to give yeah. you know to say a bit more about what the challenges are that they're facing, what you'd be coming into. I mean, I as a, as talent, I would I, I mean we know talent would love to see that. One of the the kind of the challenges that I wonder if we'll face together is. What does it feel like to be vulnerable like that? You know, how, how willing will companies be to to just prize the door open just you know just a little bit more than might feel comfortable to to say, yeah. you know, th- this is this is what we're this is what we're hoping to do in the in the organization. Um, and I think that my hypothesis is that there'll be some some 
organizational cultures that will find that easier than others. Yes. But it's going to become, you know, if we can, if HR can what look at some of the other um, the other sectors that are that have already seen quite a lot of pace with, you know, with with the competition around how to hire. I, I'm convinced it's going to get harder and harder to, to hire transformational talent without making yourself a little bit more vulnerable when yeah. and, and, and opening up about what you're looking and you're for. You're talking about vulnerability in a couple of ways, aren't you? Vulnerability in terms of sharing what some of the challenges are rather than making out it's all perfect. Yeah. Because actually, you know, every time I've made a move, I've been I've wanted to go somewhere where where things were difficult. <laughs> you don't want to go somewhere where it's all perfect. Why would you want to do that in HR? Where's the professional challenge and stretch? Right. There? I mean, maybe there is some talent out there, but I, I that wants to do that. But I, I, not the kind of people that I think we're we're trying to create. Not that we're talking about, yeah. No. Um, and then you're also talking about vulnerability in terms of perhaps taking a chance on somebody that doesn't have this purest you know, very traditional HR background. Yeah. You know, I was very fortunate in my career because I did not have that traditional HR background mm -hmm. at all. Yeah. Um, my first proper HR role was kind of an HR director level. But I was fortunate that I, I, I had leaders that, that were interested in whether um, I had transferable skills, whether I was smart enough, whether mm -hmm. I had the right values and energy, what did I bring? Did I have bags of common sense? All of those kind of things. And and actually took a punt on me. And I think that, um, you know, what I hope is that we'll we'll be able through this product, this disruptive HR careers service product, whatever we want to call it, that is launching very soon, that we'll be able to encourage and prompt that level of, of perhaps openness and vulnerability. So yeah. let's just talk a little bit about the, the product itself. Mm. Um, so, um, and when, one of the other things that, that I thought was interesting when we met, you talked about the job board market and you said that it's kind of polarizing. It's going in two directions. There's the big kind of all comer players, you know, in my mind, I'm thinking like Primark in retail, and then you have your kind of niche little boutique shop. So just in the context of that, just describe a little bit about where you hope disruptive HR careers will be. Sure. I mean, I, I, the first thing is that it's just an enormous space, really. There's a lot that go, that's going on in the kind of in the, in the talent and recruitment space. It's about the 400 billion euro industry just in in Europe. In in, in Europe, so uh, it's it's huge. But and what we're I, I think one of the things that's happening is. You talked a little bit about like the consumerization of or, or the, the opportunity to, to yeah. bring consumer grade experiences. It, it is a, the this that this market is moving in that direction as well. So yes, as you say, very um, you know, mass scale, high volume activity going on. And those you can think of like the LinkedIn and and um uh, LinkedIn and Indeeds and, and some of the big aggregators out there. And they're fantastic for being able to um reach scale. Um, but the, the flip side is that there's a lot of fatigue from the talent perspective yeah. of, from those boards, and and by their very nature, they're they're kind of they're designed around volume of volume of of, of applicants, yeah. um, which puts you into a very particular mode then when you go into trying to assess those. So they certainly have a very important role to play. And then I think you you know you have the other approach, which many many 
um, companies are, uh, which which is effectively like the, the recruitment consultant, the recruitment consultants who also play a very important part in the um, in the sector, um, but they do so with a lot of um, uh, a lot of high touch labor that's required, yeah. which translates which translates in quite a lot into quite a lot of uh, cost, and most TA teams are being targeted on having almost no interaction with with recruitment consultancies, which is, doesn't really happen in real life because no. that's just not how <laughs> it kind of goes down. You know, there's a need for speed. Uh, yeah. You know, there's there's a need to access particular networks. Um, so, but that's that. I guess that's the aspiration for 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 a lot. And so there's there's, there's um, and I think one of the things that's really appealing about that model is the access to a, ta- a kind of a talent pool of people who. They they may be diverse in many ways, but the um, but 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 what holds them together is that they have that they've they've got something at their core. Maybe it's their recruitment consultant. Maybe it's that they're part of a, a network. So people you know people like to like to know that they're kind of fishing in an environment that yeah. where, where the, the talent is going to be great. Um, so I think that's 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 where we where we thought there might be some potential. So just to kind of do my analogy, so when I go into Primark or TK Maxx, I'm just overfaced. I can't see yeah. anything. It just feels totally exhausting and and just too big and too noisy and too messy and exhausting. Yeah. So I immediately walk out. Whereas if I go into there's a, a particular shop in Winchester called just give them a shout out whilst I'm here. Sass and Edge, my favorite <laughs> clothes shop in the whole world. And um and 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 I, I go in there and I I mean I have a hundred percent record of buying stuff from there when I <laughs> even if it's been five minutes. There's not it's not volume, but I know that there'll be something for me. Right. Because it's my demographic, it's focused. Yeah. And it's therefore more a pleasurable experience for me. And we're yeah. kind of we're wanting to kind of do that niche boutique with a um, with a with a, a, a careers job board in HR for people who are at a particular levels, particular focus, wanting to do transformational HR rather than just high volume transactional roles. Absolutely, and, and you know, and to, to kind of play on the Primark thing, you you um you, you're you can be pretty sure you can sweep a lot off the shelves at Primark <laughs> you might have to take some back yeah and, chances are you won't wear it yeah and and that's that, that's that's great for fast fashion um but generally speaking it costs I mean there are various different estimates on this but but one estimate that I saw said that it, it costs approximately three times someone's annual salary in a poor hire now I I it's a I I can't I can't kind of put my Put my stamp on that, but if it's anywhere near that, even if it's half that, no one can really afford to make a, make poor decisions um, like that. Despite the number of T-shirts that I can, you know, can can clean off the Primark shelf. So, yeah. I, I I think that you know where I'd love to, where I'd love to see this, you know, that this getting to is for for the, for the community of HR professionals who attitudinally are aligned around really making a difference somewhere. That they have a place to go to that can uh, inspire them around what could come next for their their career. Maybe even entice them with like this: this is an actual job that would be a wonderful next step for me. And for the for for companies who need that, whether that's because yeah. they're there already and they're already rocking and rolling, or because they recognise that that's a big opportunity for them, that they can come into this space and 
know that it's really worth them putting more energy behind the interactions that they have with these candidates because they've come in attitudinally aligned to where they want yeah. to, to, to be yeah. going. And, and that's the big thing that we want to create. Sorry, Ben. And then and there's also a network of, of you know, several, you know, tens of thousands of people who aren't necessarily actively looking right now. But um, as we know, you know, if you're only um, able to connect with the with the with the active candidates, then you might be limiting yourself. So there yeah. is this additional the passive candidate piece. Well, absolutely. And, and I think that often you know that there's 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 often this this um like sadness that arises around you know when when people are are ready for the next thing it's often you know it, it often suggests that they haven't had kind of the growth opportunities they would have liked to in the last 6 months to a year and and i think that you know movement in the market is 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 healthy for you know for a, a lot of people and so if if and and in and kind of getting a sense of what is ahead is and at another company isn't doesn't always necess, necessitate move, like actual movement. It could be that us just showing what else is out there and how other people yeah. are talking about them and creating more transparency about the movement that's going on may give you exactly what you need to go and talk to your boss at your existing company yeah, to say absolutely. that you know you seeing what they're doing over here. And I just think fluidity the, is going to yeah, be. Yeah, and also I think from the um, from the the recruiting company side. You know, putting yourself out there, talking about some of the challenges that you've got, exciting people about you as a potential destination employer, if not now, then at some point in the future, then you're building that talent community before you have to get into the transactional piece. You know, if you're only going out when you want to transact, when you want to hire somebody, you really are, is that stop starting relationship as opposed to building that profile, that presence. Yeah. Now, I'm conscious of time, so we probably need to wrap things up, but but just I suppose- You'll hear my cat in a moment. Yeah, go, you go and get let your cat in. And um, just for, for people who are listening to the podcast, if you're listening to it and it's just come out, then you're listening in September, 2021. And, and uh, we're still hopeful, aren't we, Ben, that that we're going to launch this disruptive HR careers at the end of the month. Yeah. Um, if you're listening to it and it's not September 2021, then hopefully it's already live and you can yeah. go and check it out. Either if you're in, just interested in in recruitment and and job boards and interesting to see how the product's different. Um, if you're a recruiter and you want to find about an alternative route, or if you're looking for that next role or think you might be looking for that next role go and check out uh, Disruptive HR Careers. You can find it via our website or just typing it into Google. Um, so, Ben, I've loved getting to know you over the last few weeks and months. It was lovely Thank to meet you. in person for lunch on Friday, wasn't it? It was great. It was, it was so great. nice. I came back. I was so buzzy and full of energy. And you just don't realise how different it is when you're when you're actually sitting face-to-face having a having a lunch and we met with 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 you and and Joel and and obviously my team which was just brilliant um so and here's to a here's to a successful partnership and an enjoyable partnership and and hopefully something that really helps shake up the way that recruitment is done for the better for HR and uh, and you know we're sitting here in a year's time and people are saying you know this was a a fantastic experience even if I didn't get that role or even if I didn't find that person, the whole experience was was yeah. pleasurable. Then. And hopefully creating, you know, just little finding little moments where we can help create more 
more connection and more respect in that in in that environment you know absolutely absolutely that comes really lovely to see you thanks for taking the time to do it a real pleasure thank you for having uh, me and i'll see you soon at one of our next project meetings so i'll see you take care bye thanks for listening to this podcast for more resources to help you change hr check out the disruptive hr club at www.disruptivehr.club